0: Human beings have always struggled to understand God, His will, His power, His love, His compassion, and how He chooses to work in this created world of His among the creatures whom He has created in His own image after His own likeness, knowing that they would in time, depart from him and choose to live a different course of life, and yet he would still have compassion on them and desire to restore fellowship with them, make promises both here and into eternity as well. We have that tendency at times as we read the the Gospels and The early accounts of the, the church, of what it must have been like to sit at the feet of Jesus, to hear his words, to see his power demonstrated, his majesty glorified, and of God working in their midst, what it would have been like to be in that crowd. John, as he was writing his gospel, towards the end of his gospel, is talking about what was to come and what was to be some things that would take place. We look in the gospel of John, chapter 20, In verse 29, 28, Thomas said to, the, to him, My Lord and my God. Thomas was one who would not believe unless he put his fingerprints or his hand into the side of Jesus and into his hand. And when he saw the Lord, he made that comment that he was God, Lord and God. And Jesus said, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. These things are written in verse 31, that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. The greater blessing is for those who had not seen and yet believe, and that would come down to us as well. Was mentioned in this morning in the auditorium class as we're in First Thessalonians chapter 2. You stop and reflect for a moment of what it would have been like to be alive in the days of Jesus. By the time of our reading this morning, those who were living in that period of time had seen some things that they had never seen before, heard some things that they had never heard before, and we'll look some at their response to what they had seen and what they had heard. They had heard concerning the birth of Jesus. That this was the fulfillment of prophecy. And scriptures were being fulfilled at this time that this was the Messiah. This was the Savior of mankind. This was God in the flesh. You go a little bit later in the life of Jesus and you get over to Matthew 3, and that's not too far from where his beginning is as an adult. In verse 17, you see his baptism by John the Baptist. You see him raising up out of the water and again, catch, if you will, what transpired. We like to walk by sight and not so much by faith. but you look at John or Matthew 3 and verse 17, they heard, physically heard, an audible voice from heaven. How would you feel if you heard in your language an audible voice from heaven talking about Jesus as he's raising up out of that watery baptism in Jordan River? This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Oh, did that send chills up and down your spine? They heard, they saw, but did they believe? And what has taken place here in the reading? Yeah, Peter, James, and John, three of the chosen apostles of Jesus Christ, handpicked by him, had been given power to do as he had done. They could heal the sick, raise the dead, do the miracles. They are with him. You think about the honor, if you will, of being able to go up to this mount, as we call it, the Mount of Transfiguration. And then to hear an audible voice from heaven. we we'll look at Matthew 17, and in verse 5. We'll start in verse 1, read down. Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up to a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun. His clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. And Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish. Let us make three here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one from Elijah. But notice verse 5. And while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. Again, they had heard the voice at the baptism. They're hearing this voice on the Mount of Transfiguration. It is an audible voice from heaven. Declaring who this Jesus is. The third time that would take place is a little bit later in the Gospel of John in chapter 12 and in verse 28. Jesus is assuring them in verse 23 that the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. And in verse 28 Jesus says, Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Three times during the life of these apostles, they heard not just Jesus speaking, declaring who he was, not just doing the miracles and watching him do the miracles. But they heard a confirmation three times out of heaven itself from God Almighty. This is my son. You need to hear him. I've glorified his name and I will glorify it again. He's already declared heaven. God in heaven has declared who this Jesus is. How would we respond? Peter, James, and John. Privileged to hear this. And not long after this third time, Jesus is going to be arrested. And then we will find three times that Peter would deny that he knew the Lord. Three times he had heard a voice from heaven. And three times he is going to deny that he ever knew Jesus. And so would the rest of the apostles. And they would flee. What would you have done? How would you have responded? John says, we're more blessed than those who saw. We have his word. They were working through who this Jesus was. We have the completed word before us that declares unto us who he is and why he is who he said he was and what it is that he will do on this earth as well as what he will do into eternity. And then in the reading. Jesus said to them, Assuredly I say to you that there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God present with power. What else are they going to see? They've already seen the demonstration of God's power, have they not? They have seen fulfillment of prophecy of the prophets of old. They had seen the miracles, and again you go back and you look at those miracles, and you see the response of the people. The one that's really sad is for those who had seen the miracles of Jesus to declare, "This is from the religious leaders." This is from those who had the scriptures. This is from those who were the servants of God. This is from those who were looking and anticipating a coming of a kingdom with power to say that this Jesus was doing his miracles by the power of Satan, Beelzebub. He wasn't doing it by God. He was doing it by some other power. And that we're blessed more than they of old, then are we not also held more accountable than they of old? We have more of God's revelation than they ever had. We have an understanding of what He came to do, what He did, what He is doing, and indeed what He will do one day in time. It's interesting, you can look at Mark 9, verse 1. And we live in a world today that wants to say, or many in the religious world today want to say, that the kingdom of God has not yet come. That there's still a time frame in which he will finally appear. And then they make it try to fit what they want it to say in a time frame along the way. But if the word of God is true and the word of God cannot lie, if it is true and it does not lie, and the kingdom of God has not come, then there are some mighty old folk walking around somewhere. And there are those in the religious world who believe exactly that. They believe there are some people walking on this earth that are over 2,000 years old. But you would never know it by looking at them. Because they have to deal with this verse. They want to deny the kingdom, but they want to say that it's yet to come. and so. But he says some of you standing here will not taste of death until you see the kingdom of God come with power. And you consider that kingdom of God come with power. And you look at what Jesus had already done. You look at what it took for Jesus to be conceived in a virgin. You consider what it took for wise men in the East to see a star and come to worship the King of the Jews. You look at the miracles that Jesus performed during his ministry, the absolute power that he had and that he demonstrated freely. And yet, how many times, even in those miracles, those who watched them and saw them, some that benefited from them, could not explain or had denied what had transpired. You and I have that completed record before us. That record says you and I are more blessed than they were. Because we have not seen and yet we believe. But what is the depth of our belief? And who this God is. They as well want to walk by sight. They looked for the physical healing, had not considered the spiritual healing that they needed. And we live in a time frame that we do basically the same thing, do we not? We pray for the sick so that they might get well. that some of them do. But we pray for those. We we want the physical healing to take place. Have we considered the spiritual healing that we need? That we as his people and we as a society need. We're more concerned about the physical than we are the spiritual. Does our heart bleed, does our heart ache overseeing a religious world that is so ignored, denied, twisted, distorted? God's word that for the majority of people, without help, will never understand what God wants them to do. Will never understand what God offers to them here and what he offers for them eternally in heaven. They openly deny the word of God. They want to twist it to their own destruction. They've changed it, modified it, corrupted it. And we're more blessed than they of the first century. But Again, you just look at before his ministry, the power of God demonstrated. From creation all the way through human history up to the time of Jesus during his life here and then particularly after as well. This kingdom of God, behold his majesty. It's going to be present with them with power. But what was the power for? Why did they do the miracles that they did? So that they might hear. And that they might believe. And that they might Repent. Might change, and to become that child of God, you look at talking about the kingdom of God coming with power. Just look again at the transfiguration. What would what was it like to have been on that mountain? How would we respond it? Peter had his idea and that has not really changed a whole lot in the world in which we live. Peter was willing willing, to put Jesus on equality with Moses and Elijah. Moses, a great lawgiver. Elijah being the great prophet. You look at the things that Moses did. And the things that Elijah did. But compare him to what Christ did. But he was willing to put them on the same footing. Until that voice from heaven, This is my beloved son. You need to hear him. You need to understand who he is. And why it's important to follow him. And again, to hear that, to have seen that, again, to have been able to do all that the apostles did, and then in their lifetime to turn around and deny him. I don't know who he is. For Peter to swear with an oath or a curse that he never knew the man. Again, the power of God. After the crucifixion, to meet with the Lord on the sea. And then you read about the three times that the Lord asked Jesus, or Peter, "Do you love me?" And again, we do not fully grasp that in the English language. We have that one word "love" that expresses all our emotions that are involved in that. I love my wife, and I love Snicker bars. <clears throat> it's not the same love. It's the same word. But here they had different words for love. Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Do you have that supreme love for me? The agape love, we've heard that word. Peter's response was, Lord, you know that I like you. Falejo, brotherly love. You know I, I like you. The Lord asked him the second time, Peter, do you supremely love me? Second time, Peter, Lord, you know I like you. Third time, Lord says, Peter, do you like me? You see how that fits in with what Peter said, it grieved him, that the third time he asked him, do you like me? Lord, you know I do. Feed my sheep. Is the Lord patient with us? Look how he bore with the apostles. Look again, the power being demonstrated as he walked with them 40 days after his resurrection and shown them what was needed to be done and the power that they would have. Reminding them as you go in Acts chapter 1, verse 11 and following about his ascension into heaven. They watched him with physical eyes ascend into heaven. And then to hear the voice of the same Jesus who you saw ascend will one day what? Come again. How much had they seen with the physical eye? And how much had they seen others as well with the physical eye? And yet not believed. You're blessed. You know where it all led up to, it led up to Acts two. This establishment of a, of a kingdom that would never be destroyed. This kingdom would be in their time. And it would go into eternity. Where are we? Where are we in our understanding and where are we in our conviction? The kingdom of God being present with power that God gives. There's no way to describe why, he, why we're able to do what we do without understanding that there is the power of God behind it. Paul reminds us that he planted and Apollos watered, but what? God. Gave the increase. The one who plants is nothing, the one who waters is nothing, but the one who gives the increase. We're fellow workers in the vineyard. Paul goes on to say, We are fellow workers with God. Work on that for a while. We work with each other, but we work with God. We're His. Do we live in a way that would reflect that? Do we live in a way that would reflect that the kingdom of God is present with power? The power of God? It's his word that convicts. Paul would remind us in Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of God because what? It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. I'm not ashamed of this gospel. It's God's power. We're in a kingdom that is of His power. We are sustained by His power when we continually surrender our will to His and desire to do the things that would be pleasing indeed in His sight. Will we? Someone's in trouble. Well, that's the call that goes out. <laughs> is it not 911? We need help. I'm talking about spiritually. <laughs> we need help. We need help. We need God's help. The question is will we surrender to God and do His will? I do not understand the patience of God but I am eternally grateful for that patience. I don't understand how he works, but I'm grateful that he does. His desire is that we would please him. He will help us do just that. But it comes when we're willing to surrender our will to his, repent of our sins that separate us from God, obey Him in baptism for the remission or the forgiveness of those sins, then walk in that newness of life. And know that as we walk in that newness of life, there's not a step that we take that He's not there with us. That's there to encourage us. That's there to help us in the doing of His will. His invitation always stands. We're not where we need to be. We need to make a change. We could assist you in that decision and becoming a Christian or renewing that life in Christ Jesus again. If you need to respond to that invitation, we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.